Welcome back, nation, to another episode of the Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. This is Chris. This is Greg. And this is the great, great white. <laughs> what do you think, Greg? I love great white, man. I'm loving these next, this album, man, so you're not going to get me on this one. I love it, too. Um, Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. At BigTalkCG.podcast on TikTok and Instagram. At BigTalkCG on Twitter. BigTalkCG at gmail.com. YouTube and Facebook, guys. The Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. Seek us out. You go to that bio in uh, our Instagram. Uh, there's a link there. You can hit our link tree. Find out everywhere you can see us. Listen to us. Spotify, Apple, anywhere your hearts desire. Let's go. Killer, dude. So uh, if we didn't tell you guys, this is the band called Great White, and the album is called Once Bitten, uh, released in 1987. Yes. Um, this is the third album from Great White. They are a band known from Los Angeles, California. Um, kick-ass band, and like you said, by the time they did this, man, they're, I want to say they're running on all fours, Chris. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. And I love this opening track, Lady Red Light. A great way to open it. I love that guitar solo that opens up. Great track, dude. The, it just comes out and shows you this is what we're all about. This was their first big album. The other two, they really didn't do anything. This is the one that really started the great white Correct. Uh, a ship sailing yes. on this right here. Yes, and, definitely. Man, this is good stuff right here, dude. They're... The vocals, everything is, shows you know everything you need to know about Great White in one song, really, and you can kind of just goes on from there and just gets better and better. Love it. If you um, look back on their first album um, called Great White, they had like nine songs and stuff like that. They were a great more rock and blues band. This is from the beginning. The second album called Shot in the Dark, another great al- great album in my terms, um, but they were missing something. Once they hit this album, they I think they collaboratively got some of the groove going and stuff like that. And I even noticed there was a keyboard, there was uh, um, synthesizers on the last one, very touched a little bit. This one, there's a little bit more, and it starts off that way, and they really mm-hmm. show it and, and, and shine on it. Um, like right now, little synthesizer, little instead of rocking, but to me, it works. Oh, yeah. Dude. And like, like Chris was saying, uh, this is a great opening song. I love it a lot. Lady Red Light kicks ass, takes names, and you're off to the races. And here we go. Now we're doing guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Mark Kendall, underrated guitar player. You're going to get a lot of these with a lot of bands you're playing because we're not doing the bands that are all, you know, known to everybody that's, you know, your Slashes and your Mick Mars and your uh, Richie Samboras. These are unsung heroes that are guitar heroes in the music community. People like us that listen to this know who these people are. This guy's a great guitar player. Yeah, dude. definitely. I mean, He's bar none. Definitely underrated type of guitar. Didn't get a lot of uh, knowledge on his work, but man, he's up there with me. For me, it is. You, know? you ready to go? Yeah, give me the next song, man. Same thing. He's starting off. Good stuff. Uh, gonna get you. It just, you know, uh, Great White is definitely one of these bands that talk about love, girls, sex, rock and roll, um, you know, uh, good creativity, 
Good stuff. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I love Great White a lot. They're one of my favorite bands. I'm so glad Chris and I decided to do uh, this album and, you know, keep it going, man. Sorry about that. I was having some microphone issues. I was trying to keep it quiet. No problems. Oh, yeah, man. It, this is... The Great White had their sound. They were one of those bands... Not the same as, but similar to like a Cinderella that had that blues rock sound. Mm -hmm. yes. These guys pumped it up a little bit more than, than Cinderella did. Great stuff right here, guys. Lady Red Light, gonna get ya. I, I don't even know what else to say. This album's starting off. I'm two for two. What about you? Oh, definitely. Uh, great song. Great, great, you know, second song for the album. You know, keep it rocking, still going, have a good heavy beat. Obviously, man, it's great. All right, let's go to the next one. Sounds good, man. Now, for me, this is mm, 87, 87, 87. So this is Greg, probably 17 years old, right? Uh, KLOS. Uh, 18. 17, 18. 17, 18. What, on year, the release what year did it get released? Remember I told you? You, June 17th. So I wasn't 18 yet when Almost. it was released. Almost. We'll say it. We'll say 18. That's a good one. Um, the On the LA Radio, which was KLOS, KMET, these guys, this song, especially on KLOS, just rocked. It starts off slow and does a good build. It's one of these videos on MTV that was constantly played on Headbangers Ball. You know, all the rock uh, videos that they always had. This is one of their staple songs from this album and in in live concert. Great stuff. Slow, groove, build, smashes you in the face, and, you know, ask for more. It's, it's just great, dude. Love it. You know, I was watching these music videos, getting ready for this. They're, all their videos are performance videos. Yeah. Which I love. They got a little cheese on them, though, dude. I mean, uh, Jack Russell's haircut through all of this is like, he's got bangs. Yeah. He's got the long hair everywhere else. I'm like, is that a mullet or is that just long hair with bangs? Dude, it's hilarious. He's got the like, like stretch to the side moves and doing all these things. Um, you listen to the music, you see their pictures, and you're like, wow, it doesn't look like that's what he would look like or, or what yeah. he would pose down. But man. He's getting down in these videos, dude. And he's got a great voice, dude. He's got yeah. a great voice. I don't want to say he has a super dis, uh, distinguished voice, but for what he sings, for what he what, what he plays and belts out, good stuff. Love. Uh -huh. He's definitely one of my favorite um, singers for a style like this. Mm -hmm. How it kind of slows, like when let's see when he does his ballads too. Mm -hmm. When he does his ballads, is I think he's really, really good. I agree. But uh, kind of we'll let the song play because you know it really doesn't get pumped up for a little bit, and we want you guys to hear that. So this was actually the first release off the album. All right. Um, Save your love was number two, and like you had said, it was released in 1987, June 17th. Listen to that, dude. It just kicks in, dude. It's great, great stuff. Uh, recorded at Total Access Recording in Redondo Beach, California. Mo a lot, most of the bands that we listen to, you know, that Sunset Strip sound, they're going to be recording here. They did a lot of it locally. They weren't going to send bands all over the world and all over the states to, to record. Yeah, you know, it was all done locally. A lot of recording, you know, going on down here in, in Hollywood and in the L.A. area. 
Yeah, well, I remember the band um, saying that they they were kind of like beach bums too. So Redondo Beach, Huntington Beach, that would be kind of their area. Oh where yeah, they, they would you know want to hang out and record and shit like that, man. I love it, dude. You ready to go to the next song? You want to keep listening? What do you want to do, Greggy? I do love this song, but I do want to hear most of the new <laughs> album. I love most of this album. So let's go to the next one, man. All right, here we go. Good rock and sound, man. This oh, is how yeah. you start off, man. Mark definitely knows how to, you know, throw some tasty licks in there. Track four, all over now. Yeah. You know, let's um, something I kind of want to bring up. Something we didn't talk about, but with this band. Uh, uh, how they got together. Okay. Um, so basically, you know, I, Mark and uh, Jack. Uh, Jack met each other and they kind of, you know, hit it off and started, you know, in a band and, and and played together. And then, I don't know, have you heard about the whole uh, uh, thing about Jack being arrested and all that stuff? Have you, have you ever heard the stories about that? I want to say yes, but I don't remember them. So, unfortunately, at one point, uh, Jack Russell, who's the lead singer, got arrested. Basically, attempted murder. He, you know, had a drug addiction. One night he was on PCP. They had this great idea. This, this story may span several songs here. So if we want to <laughs> go ahead and go to the next song at any point, we can. But if not, that's fine. So... We got to tell a story. I think it's essential to the great white story. I really do think it is. Um, he thought that it would be him and a friend thought it would be a great idea to rob other drug dealers. So they went into a house where they thought nobody was going to be there, but the live-in maid was there and he shot through a door. It hit this like medallion by her neck and ricocheted off and it went through her shoulder or something. He ended up getting sentenced to like eight years in prison. Lo and behold, clerical errors. And this is me reading his interview. These are his words. I'm gisting it. But, you know, after reading yeah. Jack Russell's interview, some things that happened where they had this drug program. He went to this. He was like 18. They went to did this juvenile, did this or 17, however old he was. He ended up getting out after like 18 months, 21 months, somewhere in that area, 18 to 21. In the meantime, Mark Kendall had to kind of move on, you know, him and he's tried out these other groups. He has this other singers, you know, one of them uh, sounded kind of like, uh, uh, um, uh, what kind of thing is his name? Judas Priest singer. Rob Halford. Rob Halford. And then they came out, they had another band. Uh, he got replaced by a girl named Lisa who ended up singing in um, George Lynch's band, Exciter. Oh, okay. Ended up going to that band. But then they heard, oh my God, Jack Russell's getting out of prison, getting out of jail. Let's 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 have him come back and end the band. So basically, kind of had to audition, whatever. You know, he got voted in, and, and that's kind of when Great Heart, Great White, kind of started their whole thing. But a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations, a lot of things going on in the back, you know, back scenes of this band. But man, tragedy, and you know, yeah, kind of kind of came out better on the other end. I'm, you know. I don't know what else to say about it, dude. It's good stuff, though. 
It's music. Not the yeah. crime. That the is, music. That is a uh, definitely a crazy story of how these guys are starting, man. I'm probably not doing the story justice, which is fine. You yeah, guys can just, Google just it. Just a little touch of it. Yeah, man. just give you a touch. We'll give you the gist. And uh, and they also decided, so they played their first gig with Russell, um, Jack Russell, at the Troubadour in Hollywood, California. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, they also decided to choose the, who they wanted to have their manager. They hired a manager, Alan Niven, who plays a huge part in this band. Huge part. Um kind of shaped their sound really kind of took them from where you you know you, you guys really i i thought in in my opinion their first album their self-titled album great white i thought it was great yeah. i did actually listen to it it's a rocker yeah it i love it does not sound like the great white that you're hearing now correct it's just straight rock he kind of said like you know i think we need to change he kind of molded them into a different direction which is the great white that you're gonna hear on this album and he also had a hand in writing the songs. Um, if you look at the songs who co-wrote, he gets writing credits on basically, I think is what is there, 10 songs or nine songs on this? All of them but one I think he gets writing credits for. Great part of this band, dude. Great part of this band. Did it end, In the end, did it end up well? No, of course it's not. Everybody wants more than they're giving, more than they should. and, and gets, But at this point, everything's great. Everything's great, you know? Yeah. Listen to this, dude. All right, this is a song called Mistreater, which is probably a, a about a girl. Mistreater. Oh, yeah. Mean Mistreater. That's it. I love it. Hey, what about the album cover on this? What do you think of the album cover here? It's got the, the, it's, the, it's the, got the shark with the, the, in the blue waters. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it was the start of their um, the shark fin. I think the shark fin was more of the logo for a great white, and they did that kind of stuff. Yeah, they started off with a pretty girl, blonde, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, with a smile or smirk on her face. And then in the background, you're gonna see the shark fin. Totally cool, man. Not bad. I think this girl. Um I can't find her name right here, but I will find it. Um, she actually starred in all their videos from this album. Oh, okay. She was the girl in all their videos. You know, uh, Rock Me. Let's see, what, what other videos did they have? They had Rock Me. Probably Lady Red Light. Save Your Love, Lady Red Light, I believe, were the yeah. three they had videos for. And she was the girl in all of them. And actually, I think uh, the, the cover for their next album after this there's two pairs of legs on yeah. it. Hers are one of them. Oh, okay. Bobby Brown being the other one. Got it. So she was definitely a part of the band, uh, at least as far as that is concerned. You know. You ready to go? Yes. Your little different little keyboard back there. Something a little different. Yeah. Slow it down. This is another one of these songs that I definitely deep cut that I definitely mm -hmm. love. Uh, never change heart. For what it's worth, it, it's definitely one of those things that Great White always does. Is sometimes they like to do a slow build, and they kind of kick it, kick your, slap in your face, here and there. And this is definitely one of those. 
It's not going to be too crazy because it's kind of a mid-tone ballad, but mm-hmm. still good. So I was talking about uh, Niven and how he kind of really played a role in this band. So he convinced some of the local radio stations to start adding, you know, they recorded an EP called Out of the Night. Yeah. And he kind of convinced uh, KMET and KLOS. Is KLOS still around? Yeah, KLOS is still around. And uh, they started playing great white music. They went from drawing 100 people at local clubs to thousands at, at LA clubs, you know, you know, where, wherever you could fit them in. They ended up as an unsigned act headlining Six Flags Magic Mountain, which we, we love, playing to six, over 6,000 people. As an unsigned band, that's pretty good. I mean, it's no Motley Crue selling out the Santa Monica Civic Center, but it's still 6,000 people. That's a fucking lot. Yeah, dude. dude that's still a good amount and, of people. You know, that all led to them getting signed by EMI, you know, who, who carried them, and, and uh, or at least their first two albums. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Here's a funny story for you. So EMI signed them, first two albums. Then they kind of like, ah, we don't, yeah. man, we don't really like you. Then guess who signed them? Capital. Who owns EMI? Capital. Correct. <laughs> I took a guess at that one. Isn't that funny how the how the the, the baby brand didn't want them, but then the, the mother brand is like, no, we want them. Maybe they saw something that the baby band didn't. Or, or maybe they didn't even know that EMI had ever signed. It's possible. Yeah. There's so many bands and so much going on at this time, especially of this music in this at this time in this place. It's possible that they just didn't know. Right. I don't know, dude. Um, let's go to the next song. Sounds good. You ready? Yes. I love the Rocking. drums on this one, dude. I love the drums on the opening of this track, dude. It's killer. Well, what what this song too is like, you know, like I told you, you know, they're they're also about bikes too. These guys, yeah, they they rode bikes, loud guitars, fast women. You know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So this song fits right on the, in their cuff of, you know, what they sing about, which is the song is called Fast Road. Mm-hmm. And and don't get me wrong, man. I'm, I'm feeling it. Now, most of these guys, like I had said, Niven gets a lot of the writing credits on here. Basically, it was Mark Kendall, Jack Russell. It's almost like the whole band, but basically Kendall, Russell, Niven were basically Lardy. So let me, well... Let me back up. Here's the members of the band. Uh, Jack Russell on vocals. Mark Kendall, lead guitar and backing vocals. Michael Lardy was rhythm guitar, keyboards, harmonica, and backing vocals. Lauren Black on bass. And Audie Best, uh, Desbro on drums. But ma- basically, it was Mark Kendall, Jack Russell, uh, Niven, and Lardy. Pretty much writing all the yeah. songs. A combination of those, but... You know, Kendall Russell and Nevin were really, they kind of, and you know, having him as your manager and he kind of was shaping this band, you know, like I'd said earlier and kind of pushing him in a direction. He didn't think that they were going to make it this way. Let's do this. And maybe, you know, I think you guys can really make it. It's a band. And I think he was right. I don't know. He, maybe they could have been bigger the other way, but at least they got to where they were, you know, doing it this way. Do you think they could have got bigger on that kind of stuff? I don't know. I don't know. It was just someone's of course music changed but i think they had a great career on the stuff that they did oh yeah you know you know they they were you know darlings of mtv they were all over mtv so love it 
Let me know, dude. Let me know. You ready to go? No, let me hear the solo. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. That's good stuff right there, dude. Different. Yeah. Just going. I think the guys in the band kind of knew their role. Like, hey, you know what? Yeah. You got to know your role. Yeah. On this, you know. I think you're. I think you're absolutely right on that. So this album made it all the way to 23 on the Billboard chart, which is kind of surprising. I mean, there to me, there's not like that. Well, there is that huge hit that we haven't heard <laughs> yet, but. You know, you hear other bands that have huge hits on their album or a huge MTV video or whatever, and they're not getting that push, that huge uh, up on Billboard. But 23 is a respectable number, dude. If you're getting... 23 is pretty good. Yeah. Especially their really first breakthrough album. Like, Sure. Let's go to the next. On a new label. Yeah. That owns the old label. <laughs> <laughs> on the Edge. Oh, man. This is good stuff, dude. Every time I hear that yell at the beginning, it surprises me. Oh, really? Because he, you, you, he never—that's the only time you ever hear that. Yeah, he's not really. A he doesn't do that ever. Super screamer. This album. Here we go again, dude. Uh, Michael Lardy, who was the rhythm guitar player, Mark Kendall, lead guitar player, and Alan Niven producing. So they didn't have, you know, one of those big time producers that we always talk about. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that there's Alan being in there again. He really was driving this band, had a vision, and it was just driving them, driving them, and driving them. Three singles from this album. Yeah. Rock Me hit uh, number 60. Correct. Save Your Love. Save Your Love hit number 57. Nice. And probably Lady Red Light. Lady Red Light hit 47. That was, oh, I'm sorry. Lady Red Light hit 47 on the mainstream. Uh, how much do you think we're doing in sales here on this album? A million. Correct. One million. One times platinum. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone farther than that if you would have... If a resurge of, of one of these songs, like today's pop culture, like on a soundtrack, I would say, okay, maybe two. You need probably. Or like, a, remember those old school Apple phone commercials that were like the shadow yeah. kind of thing and it played a song and it was like, oh my God, what's that song? And it would sell like a million. If they maybe. did something like that that yeah. hit pop culture just right. Then yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah. All right, baby. Why don't you bring me to the next song? Because you, you know, this is the, the, this is the gem for me this on gem. this album i mean quit rock me and lady red light were woo, they're there there we go this is the gem um ballad save your love what more can you say man this is this oh yeah is, this is you never hear beautiful bands, you never hear song. bands close an album with a ballad no you don't but i think it was a great choice i you know that and they pulled it as a single so 
maybe they wanted everybody else to hear the other songs other than just hear the first three singles and the first, you know, top three tracks. Um, what more can you say? Jack Russell hits it out of the park with this beautiful song, um, Save Your Love. You know, I remember there was, um, I think on KLOS, they even had their own version of it because the guys played it live. Mm-hmm. And there was a part in the, in the song where he says, um, save your love or something, something, uh, listening on the radio at KLOS. And then it was just like ingrained in that part of that song. And I've always remembered whenever I heard KLOS and I heard that, I was like, yeah. And then it was stuck in my mind whenever I would play the song, like, you know, KLOS, blah, 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 blah. So just reminding me some uh, teenage years. There you go. There you go. That I, was pre-Phone Fox. I know, was, I know it's a different yes. I know it's a different radio station, but... Yeah, pre-Phone Fox, yes. KNC didn't come around until like the 90s. 91, 92. I love this song. This is... Yeah, at this point, this is their biggest hit. Yeah. Um, save all your love. You know... And then in the videos, live performances, they're, they're singing around candles and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I remember, I remember that kind of stuff. Man. It's tender. It's tender. I love. Yeah, this I mean, this is this is really Chris a song that you could play at a wedding, uh, anniversary. Say, you know, listening in the car, listening to someone you want to sing it to or love or hanging out with or however you want to sing. Well, they followed the formula, and I always remember on one of these shows, Sebastian Bach talking about first you have the rocker, and then you come out with the ballad, <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. Rock me. And now save all your love, which back in this day and time kind of was the formula. You would put out a rocker and then a ballad. And then actually later, I would say late 80s, early 90s, some of them were just going straight for the ballad. I mean, one band that comes straight to my mind is Saigon Kick. You didn't really hear a rocker from them. Love is on the way is the song you heard from them first. They they skipped right over the rocker and just went straight for the ballad to try to make it. They did release a song prior to that. But it didn't do anything. It didn't do anything. It didn't do anything. It didn't do anything. So, this is great stuff right here. Yeah, this one, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jack Russell wrote with uh, Jerry Lynn Williams. Uh, who's Jerry Lynn Williams? He's a, just a rock musician. He wrote hits like Forever Man, See What Love Can Do, uh, Pretending for Eric Clapton. That's probably the best song. Pretending. Everybody knows that one. Man, this is a great song. The solo is so soulful. Right? Yeah. There you go. So soulful. I love that. I wonder if this is going to end up on our ballads for Valentine's. Maybe. Maybe. We've got to <laughs> make a research. We're, we definitely got to, we're not, how many, dude, what is your ballad? Oh, what is your ballad? I'm at, I'm at 220 right now. You're at 220. I'm Shut at up. 220. No, you're and not. And I'm not done. You're not at 220. I, I was, I was listening to it actually about two weeks ago and I'm like looking at it going, Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm like, where am I? 220? Yeah, okay. And I still had other bands to, to make sure I added on there. We're going to have to cut it down. No, we're not. Holy shit. It's going to be a four-parter. 220. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I'll cut it down. I love it, dude. I can't wait to hear them all. You're going to have that shit up to like 300 soon. Yeah. I'll stop at 300. Oh, my God, guys. Great White, third album, Once Bitten, 
What else can we say, dude? This is a great introduction for most people to Great White. This is their first big album. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it bookended with Lady Red Light and Save Your Love. Rock Me right in there in the middle. Great album, dude. Uh, blues Rockers. Uh, I love it, dude. I love this album. I love it. Great. I love this song. <laughs> Say hey, guys. We're going to wrap this up. This is Chris from the Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. At BigTalkCG.podcast on TikTok and Instagram. Twitter at BigTalkCG. BigTalkCG at gmail.com. YouTube, Facebook, the Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. Seek us out. You can find us anywhere. Instagram bio has our link to Linktree. That's where you can find out everywhere you can see and hear us. Let's go. All right, guys. This is Greg from the Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. Loving this Great White Once Bitten album. All right, guys. See ya.